We're going to turn this morning to scripture that uh, we have heard many times, but I've asked the Holy Spirit to give us some strength as we draw from the pages of God's Word today. We hear this, these two words real often. Nearly every time we turn on the television, we hear these two words called fake news. What does fake mean to you? I'll tell you what it means to me. It's not real. It's not the real deal. There's another, there's another message. That I, what I'm hearing is, is not real. But listen, I, I, I want to tell you that there's something about this book that I hold in my hand that it's a real deal. It's a mirror that allows us to look on the inside of us and it tells us who we are. And so as we look into God's Word this morning, we're turning to Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to talk about some good things that you and I can do as believers. Thank you, Jesus. You're turning there in your Bible. If not, Ephesians chapter 4, can we have it on the overhead screen? We're going to be sharing Ephesians chapter 4. 4 verse 17 through 22 and then we're going to go from 23 to 32 it's a two-part message I have 30 minutes so we have plenty of time for the message today we're, we're going to be talking about putting on putting off the old man and putting on the new man taking off the old man every day as a Christian we have to make decisions to lay aside the old man put on the new man in fact, I want to say this. Water baptism is all about saying the old man is dying and the new man is rising and we, we celebrate the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what, that's what water baptism is all about. It's not about you being saved. You can be born again without being baptized in water, but it's an outward sign to a world that we live in. Yes, I'm a Christian. I'm not, a I'm not ashamed to say that I'm a Christian, and I'm going to celebrate. I'm dying to self. I'm dead to my trespasses and sin, and I'm walking in the newness of life. This doesn't mean, however, that we're perfect. It means that we made a decision to change direction and we made a 180 in our life and we're going to walk in a different direction and we're going to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And while we, you don't have to say hallelujah and amen every time you go uh, down the sidewalk of your city, but I can tell you something. The Bible says, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples and that's if you love one another. The outward sign of the world that doesn't know Jesus Christ is this. By this, all men will know you are my followers if you love one another. And the expression of the love that has been shared in both funerals that we've had here this, this week. Uh, a family said in this section there was only five or six people. The parents were, were, uh, had been away from our community for a number of years, but their daughters grew up with our, our daughters. And there was just a few people here from the community. But as I sat, as I stood and I, I ministered to these people, they had, uh, they had uh, come with a broken heart. But the people of this church, the ladies of this church, had a tremendous meal. And that meal was ministry to the people that were hurting. Do you know hurting people eat? Do you know people that aren't hurting eat? Do you know people that aren't, aren't glad or eat? And people that are sad eat. You know we all have a habit that's a common denominator, and that's eating. Can you, 
can you just can I just stretch your imagination for a minute how why are we so good at eating let me answer that question because we practice <laughs> we got good practice with eating do you know serving Jesus, Jesus wants us to get up every day and have some time in his word, and you can flip it on your phone in any translation you want. It's already paid for, and you can, or you can turn your television on, and you can be refreshed with what God's word has to say for your day. You may have a daily devotion that lays on your coffee table. Wherever you turn, God's word is still a lamp unto our feet and a light to our pathway, putting the old man aside and putting on the new. Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to talk about the old man and laying him aside. Paul says this, For this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in futility of their mind. Notice where he starts. He doesn't start with your feet. He doesn't start with your heart. He starts right here between your two ears. And here's what he's saying. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of their hardening of their heart. Do you know this morning the condition of your heart determines how you think? The condition of your heart and the exposure you give to Jesus Christ can give you direction right up here, and that's where we're always in need of help. Verse 19, and who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness and greediness. Verse 20, but you not, have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught of him as the truth is in Jesus Christ. Verse 22, that you put off concerning your former conduct. Everybody has conduct. I'll never forget the first trip I made to the office. And I had this question written all over my face in grade school. Why? I was scared and I was afraid to ask. And the teachers, I went out the door, she said, it's because of your conduct that you're going there. It's, a conduct has something to do with all of us. We all have conduct. We all do our best to practice the best mannerisms we have. We all do our best to have good conduct, whether we're Conduct whether we're eating or whether we're sleeping. And whether you know it or not, if you're married, when you're sleeping, <laughs> your wife tells you sometimes your conduct isn't so good. Has any man ever felt this? Roll over, you're snoring. That means your conduct isn't conducive to the, that one that's spending some time with you. And our conduct goes on and on, whether we're sleeping or whether we're eating. or no, All through the journey of life, we have something we deal with, and it's called our conduct. Is our conduct always good? No. Sometimes we get caught in the conduct of, bad, conduit, or conduct of doing bad things. But Paul says, being past feeling, past feeling. He, he's talking about people that, that do unclean things that, have a greedy way, no matter what it costs. Have such a hunger to get ahead, no matter what they have to do. Get ahead if they have to cheat, steal, or kill. And, he, and Paul is talking about they give themselves over to this kind of conduct. 
And he said, they haven't learned about Jesus Christ and how he came to this world. And out of love, he gave himself. It cost you nothing, but it cost him his life. He gave everything so that he could have a life that he could offer to everybody. And Paul is talking about, but the first condition is you've got to make a decision to put off the old man. And if we go by the teaching of God's word, and he says, in verse 22, that you take off, you put off, you make a decision. I'm going to take off the old man. The old man's going to go today. The old man has to go. With the way I talk, the way I walk, the things, places I go, the things that I see, I'm going to put off my former conduct of the old man. And so we're going to place the old man right here. And we're going to ask him to stay there. And we don't want him to move. We want him to stay right there because we've taken him off. However... The old man isn't dead. We've just spoken death over him. Have you ever walked to a cemetery and there have been headstones? And you see the headstone and it gives the birth date and the day the person was deceased. If you look at many headstones, there's another name there and they give the birth date, but there's no date fulfilled yet of when they're going to leave this world. So they're still living, right? Most of them are. Unless their family forgot to call the man having come and stenciled the date on it, they're still living. But listen, the old man, we put off the old man with the help of God. With the help of God. He's over here. He's not going to be a part of our life. We're going to stay in the middle of God, in the center of God's will is where we find our trust. In the center of God's will is where we employ the word of God. In the center of God's word is, will is where we find his word is a lamp at our feet and a light to our pathway. It's right here in the center of God's plan that we make a decision. Verse 23 says, I'm, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Again, we begin right here. We have to get transform. We have to get the mind off of the old man, the way he's acted, the things he's done, the places he's gone, and the thoughts that he had that weren't in line with the gospel. And we say, you're dead. You're going to stay right here. I've even been to the baptismal. I, I, I've been baptized in water. I've been, I've been, uh, I, I've been baptized, so I'm saying, death burial and then resurrection to the new man and even though i've walked away from the old man he's still alive the old man is still dreaming the old man still wants you to remember he's still alive what did we do we've just undressed the clothing of the old man and we put on new clothes i don't know how many showers you take a day but but only the Lord could give me the wife that I have. If it's two showers or if it's three showers a day. One thing that I have, I have picked up by watching the way she talks to the kids is I pick up my dirty clothes. And I know it's a rule in our house, and I put them in a dirty clothes hamper. And those, those dirty clothes, even though they serve the purpose, I've wore them maybe part of the day, Maybe I've had hospital calls to make, and then maybe I came back and did some manual labor. At the end of the day, there's times when I step in that shower three times a day. But, you know, there's nothing like the refreshing shower of clean, hot water. It causes, I don't have to take a blood thinner. I just put that water so hot that my feet want to dance in it. And my skin isn't thick enough of what it thins my blood. It's awesome. It's awesome. But when I step out of that shower, I'm just like the man that stepped in it. 
other than I bathed the outside of the man. There's something we, you know, we go through all the emotion, we put everything on its faults, and, and we brush everything that needs to be brushed, and we put everything just right, and then, and then I've always got some wild hairs that didn't obey the comb, so after you put some hairspray on, then we call it glue it down, and, and we get the old man looking as good as we can get him. But inside, there's still an old man living in this new suit of clothes. Oh, I know some of you are real young today, but one day you'll get to where I'm at. Your skin will wrinkle a little. You'll have to put things here to help you hear better, and, and you'll have some patches where we don't want to talk about today. But nothing keeps you from dressing in the freshness of God's clothing. He says you can put on the whole armor of God that you can withstand the wilds of the enemy. He talks about the helmet of salvation that sometimes I forget to put on. When I was riding a motorcycle, I never left the yard without having that helmet on. The older I got, the more important I realized if that cycle will start, it won't start without the helmet because I realized I didn't have a lot to work with, but I was sure going to take care of what I had. You say, well, that's the wrong thing. Well, the Bible says a man thinketh in his heart. So is he. So recognize your capabilities. And then recognize your inabilities. And listen to me. God has a new man. He wants you to put off the former conduct. He wants you to take off the filthy clothes that causes the odor that you can't stand. And he wants you to put on the robe of righteousness. Does that make us, does that change my name? It changes my spiritual name, but it doesn't change the name Orville White. And some people will always say, I knew you when. Don't you hate those words? That's the only time my heart skips a beat. And I'll never tell you why. When we put on the new man, when we put on the new man, when we dress in the clothing that God has for us, there's something about it. There's an aroma that flows from the garment of praise. We can say hallelujah when things go good. And we can say hallelujah when things aren't going so good. And we can say thank you, Jesus, when there seems to be no way out. We can remember what God says, I'll make a way where there seems to be no way. Paul says, I want to renew your spirit. I want, to, I want to take care of the way you think. I want to help you with your thinking. I want you to think, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are of a good report, I want you to start thinking about the good things of life. Let me ask you this. How good is TV at placing good thoughts in your life? More and more, we realize why it's so important to be a part of the family of God. We hear good reports when we come to the house of God. We hear what God is doing in a world that's upside down. And we hear the preaching of God's word that helps us to be renewed in the power of God. Paul wrote these words in the book of Romans. I beseech you, therefore, people, by the mercies of God, that you present yourself a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Listen to me. God will never expect anything unreasonable out of you. I can take a deep breath there. And he, then he goes on with verse 2 in, in the 12th chapter of Romans. 
And don't be conformed to this world. Don't think like the world thinks. So we've got a pattern of how the world is thinking. It's the Democrats again, the Republicans. It's the Republicans again, the Democrats. It's again, it's man again, woman. It's child against child. Never before have we saw things in such a dilemma as it is today. But let me tell you something. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. 2 Timothy 1.7, when fear knocks at my heart's door, when fear knocks at our family's door, I remember the word of God that's a lamp unto my feet and a light to my pathway. For God has not given me the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Listen, if you're here this morning and you're gripped with fear, learn to speak to it. I refuse because fear begins with a thought. You know, do you know where depression comes from today? And I'm not a medical doctor. I've got a friend that is. He's taking good care of, of, of our family. But let me tell you where depression and oppression comes. It comes from negative thinking. Let me ask you this question. Do we have the power to change the way we think? Let me ask you this. Do you want to change the way you think? I see two or three, they're thinking they're pretty sleepy right now. I see a few, just, you know, just, they're here, I don't know why. <laughs> you know, it's fun just to sometimes just quit preaching, just kind of look at uh, people's face. You know, silence doesn't hurt us, does it? It just kind of lets us see the old man. And what God wants to do through the old man. He wants to begin with our thinking, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. You ever think you didn't like anybody? You ever think you hated somebody? You ever think you hoped you'd never see me again? You ever think you wish that that person didn't know what they knew? You ever thought that you'd been thrown under the bus and nobody cared? God cares. That's the reason you're here today. He wants me to tell you he only created one of you, and you will only accomplish what you can do through the precious power of Jesus Christ. He wants to help all of us with our thinking. He wants us to, take, he wants us to make sure every day we take off the old man and put on the new. He wants us to know that we can. he has, he has paid for our wardrobe. He has paid for the, the clothes that we wear spiritually. And he wants you to know today that he has created you in his own image. Who else would dare to create us in their own image? Who else would love us in our most unlovable moments? Renewing of your mind will only come through the word of God. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't think like this world. Don't act like this world. Know that Jesus bled and died on the cross for you. Know that without the, the, the shedding of his blood, there'd be no remission for sin. Have a desire, have an unction, no matter how old you are, have an unction to serve the Lord. Be happy about who you are. Allow Jesus to be seen in you. And it just starts with small things. Putting away the old man. The old man, remember, he's still alive. He still wants to be a part of what you say and do. And he shows, his, he shows his head quite often in our lives. Paul says, and that you put off 
put on the new man which was created according to God in righteousness and holiness. The Bible says without that, no man will see the Lord. We're not righteous because of what we've done. We're righteous because of what Jesus done. The day that we accepted, accepted him as our best friend, the Bible says with our mouth confession was made, and with our heart we believed unto righteousness. Righteousness is just in right standing with God. Let me ask you this question. You mix and mingle with people, some that I, I will never meet. But let me ask you this. Does, your, does, your, does our action tell the world who we are? Or does our, does our of who we are tell the world by our actions? Let me ask that again. Is who you are expressed by your action? Or do your actions speak of who you are? In following the Lord, in following the Lord, the old man always wants to have his way. He wants to have his way. And the Bible has so many good things for us to think about. And, and here's verse 25. He said, Therefore put away lying. Each one speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Verse 26, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. A man and lady came to the pastor for counseling one day. The man says, Pastor, I know what the Bible says. It says don't let the sun go down on your wrath. But I haven't slept with her for seven years just because of that. What an awesome way to deal with wrath. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Notice what he says. Be angry and do not sin. Why would he say this? Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Verse 27, why would he say? He's not saying this to the world. He's saying this to Christians. Put away lying. Each one speak with his neighbor. We're members of one another. We're all members of the family of God. Be angry and do not sin. Let me tell you why he says be angry and do not sin. Would you let me explain that? When we're angry, anger is a spirit. God knew when he created. Do you know God, God got angry at creation one time? In the Old Testament, and he actually repented. He he actually relented that he had made man because of men's wickedness. But there was a prophet that spoke to God, and God, God changed his mind. The only time I can see in the Bible that God changed his mind that he was actually angry with creation because everything he did, man just turned a deaf ear to it, went the other way. Why would he pen this so carefully? Be angry. It's no sin to be angry. We've all got that, haven't we? <laughs> and if we lost it when we put away the old man, there's some of us that will just go get a handful of that now and then. You know, just to express ourselves. We don't want to be known by that, but we express ourselves. Nor give place to the devil. We, we look at this very closely and we run across it quite often. But there's something that, that, that continues to speak from that. Then it goes on to say, Let him who stole steal no more. But rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, and that he may have something to give to those that are in need. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. All of this is for a reason. 
I remember a moment in my life when I was very angry. I, uh, I was really angry. And I woke up the next morning, and the very first thought, I was still angry. And even though I'd asked the Lord for help, that, that spirit knocked at my heart, heart's door, my, my thought life. And as the day progressed, I got a call from a person that I was really angry with. And during that angry moment, there was, there was three questions asked. And I said no to all three of them when I should have said yes. Yes. That's not called stretching the truth. I hear many people say, well, I just exaggerated a little. No, that's lying. That's lying. The moment I said that, it was like indigestion filled my life. I had let some corrupt thing come out of my mouth by saying no, no, no. And the receiver went down. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, be angry, but don't sin. Do you think I had to hear an audible voice from the Lord to know that I did wrong? Why? Why? Why do we as Christians want to just put the robe on when we need to do some changing in our thinking? Why do we want to try to sugarcoat something that we need to repent of? Even though when I slammed that phone down, I said, oh, Jesus, I'm not a liar, but I made a horrible mistake. Would you forgive me? And peace came over me. But let me tell you something. As a Christian, there's more work to do than that. Not only did that happen, I got on the phone as quickly as I could, and I called the people that I've been involved with and said, I've got to meet you. I want to look you in the eye. I've got something I need to say. And I told them my heart. Let me tell you something. Uh, the load lifted. I was still the righteous of God. I hadn't been kicked out of the family. But one thing I did know from that moment on, I really checked my words. Especially if there's something going on that's trying to distort my way of thinking. Be angry and sin not. You know, it wasn't just that that really gripped my heart. Let me say this. James 2.10 says, For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at one point is guilty of all. And whilst many times we want to highlight the fact, shame on you, shame on you, shame on you. And yet, if we've had an unruly tongue, if we've spoke guile and bitterness about somebody, we're guilty of all. That's the reason every day we have to put on God's clothing, be renewed in the Spirit. The Bible says, let us lay aside the weight and the sin that easily besets us so we can run the race that's set before us. Listen, we're running a race today. Where are you fitting into the race? Are you, are you determined you're going to cross the finish line? Or are you going to let uh, a, a problem of stumbling and falling keep you from finishing what God has sent you to do? I always had short legs. 
I never was good in track. It was a sin to play football when I was in school. It was a sin to own the television when I was in school. We couldn't go to picture shows. We couldn't chew. We couldn't dip. And we couldn't go with the girls at then. In fact, I just can't tell you many things we could do at that time. But when we came to church, it was a different story. Listen, my story works good whether I'm in church or whether I'm out of church. God is good. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble. The Bible says bear one another's burdens that you can fulfill the law of God. You know what? When I stumble, I go to somebody that I can trust. And I say, look, I fail miserably. Would you stand with me in prayer? I want to do the right thing. And they say, they say, count it done. Listen, Jesus wants you to know as far as the east is from the west, if you'll say, I'm sorry, forgive me, it is done. Listen, I, we all have our thought process. We always, we always want to make the best appearance. We do everything we can to make sure that we appear real good to people, don't we? Oh, come on. Come on. I'm, I know I'm talking. But here's one thing I'll never forget. God not only looks at the way I look, but he knows what I'm thinking. He knows what nobody else knows. He knows what's going on up here. The Bible says this to all of us. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We all have our moments, okay? We're all human, okay? We need to learn to accept each other. And you know what? When we see a brother that's fallen, the Bible says, lend him a helping hand. Don't kick him in the hiney. We're so good. We think some people make a mistake. They're a football. We need to, you know, we need to give them a little thing that my dad used to give me. Only he'd turn his shoe sideways. <laughs> Listen to me. The Bible says, all we like sheep have gone astray. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so many times I hear people say, you know, I, I'm just really having a trouble making it. And as I listen to them talk, I, if I've known them a long time, I think of where they were and where they started from and how much they progressed. And while the enemy's trying to tell them the old man prevailed, listen, the Bible says when you've confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you accept him as the Lord of your life, you're as righteous as you'll ever be. Now, you'll grow, but not in righteousness, because righteousness is just right standing with the Lord. Oh, my. No wonder there's two people asleep. It's 12 o'clock. I'm going to get the sound booth, get me a real good alarm clock, and keep a mic. And at 12 o'clock, everybody's caught a nap on me. They'll realize it's benediction time. I'm going to close with one more thought. Would you let me do that? And then we're going to have some cake celebrate some birthdays i want to go to romans chapter 6 in closing today romans chapter 6 in verse 6 knowing this that our old man was crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin listen if you're listening to me this morning and i'm talking to somebody probably besides myself you hear me say this nearly every sunday the message is just for me and if you get anything out of it, just let the icing drip off of the cake on you. But notice what he says, that grace may abound. The re only reason any of us are here today is because of the grace of God. It's grace. 
He said, surely goodness and mercy, his mercy extended to all of us today, but his grace is what makes it available to follow him. The how that we should, who died to sin, live no longer in it. And verse 6 is where I'm closing. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the, whole, that the body of Christ might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. If you're here this morning, and maybe you've made a mistake or two in life, and maybe your thought process just will not turn loose of it, why don't you make a decision this morning? If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, why don't you make a decision this morning? I'm not going to allow my past to contaminate my future i refuse to allow my past to poison my life i'm going to walk out of here this morning with the nehemiah 8 10 nehemiah 8 chapter 8 verse 10 being the joy of the lord is my strength isaiah 40 31 i'm going to mount up with wings as eagles i'm going to run and not be weary i'm going to walk and not faint the reason you can do that because god says he's for you not against you and the only person that fails is a person that fails to get up after they made a mistake i want you to walk i want you to run i want you to enjoy the blessings of god and most of all when our time comes to close i want you to hear the master say well done enter thou into the joy of the lord would you bow your head with me this morning father i just thank you this morning of your blessings i thank you because of the blood that you shed at calvary washes away our sin load and today we have become the righteousness of god because of what you've done not because of what we've done and it's based on your works today the work that you did at calvary lord that we can have a life and have it abundantly we rejoice this morning because you're lord of our life you're you're full of forgiveness your blood cleanses and today the holy spirit fills us and floods us so that we can be what you've called us to be in jesus name we pray heads are bowed across this building as jared comes to close the service this morning heads are bowed nobody looking around but let me ask you is there anybody besides me that ever got caught in the old man act you have made a miserable maybe it still haunts you today maybe it's still you just can't turn it loose and the old enemy will just bombard your mind every day with what you shouldn't have done or i wish i hadn't have done but today you'd just be honest you'd say pastor thanks for the message this morning that included me in what you had to say can i see your hands god bless the hands there's multitudes of hands thank you jesus aren't you glad the holy spirit knows what we have need of this morning Aren't you glad that he's, we're the righteousness of God? Aren't you glad that he's our forgiving God this morning and that he wants us to be forgiven and released from the bondage? I want you to stand today. As Jared comes to close in prayer, listen, if you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. I, want, I, want, I, want, I just want to say this one more time. If your mind is being bombarded by a mistake you made, in Jesus' name, say this with me, in Jesus' name, I break that attachment off of my mind today. I break that yoke of bondage off of my life. Your word says, he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Everybody look my way and say this, I'm a free man. I'm a free woman. Oh, come on, we can do better than that. I'm a free individual. Come on, say it again. I'm a free individual. God bless today. Thank you, Jesus.